Hello, and welcome to the final edition of Queer Slam. I'm its producer, Colby Holt. Today's episode was recorded live on March 31st, 2022 over Zoom. We begin with a touching open mic full of all our familiar favorites, and then we get right into our two lovely headliners. First is Brian Sonia Wallace. He currently serves as the West Hollywood City Poet Laureate and is a Laureate Fellow for the Academy of American Poets for LGBTQ Poetry Activism. He curates Pride Poets, which brings queer poets on typewriters to write for the public at Pride in June. Check out his book, The Poetry of Strangers, What I Learned Traveling America with a Typewriter, a memoir of his career as a poet for hire across the country. And rounding out the entire series is the incomparable Hank Henderson. He is a writer and performer whose work has been produced by the WeHo Pride Festival and Highways Performance Space. He curated the LGBTQ reading series Homocentric for over 12 years. A 2018 Lambda Literary Fellow, he was most recently published in the anthology Under the Belly of the Beast. Now before we begin, I'd like to say on behalf of all of us that we have profoundly enjoyed holding this space for the past four years. We have shared joy, tears, laughter, and pride with each and every one of you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts to every person that has come across our stage and to all of you for spending this time with us. So with that, here is our deeply loved host, Tony Soto, from the Queer Slam virtual stage. Hello, 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 and welcome to the very final Queer Slam. I am your host, Tony Soto, and I would like to wish you all a happy pride. Here's here's what I'm going to tell you. I've spent my life and my career lifting queer voices and making queer people visible. So I would like to start this show by saying that this is not the last time that we will be hearing and seeing each other. Um, We'll always find a way to tell our stories. We're always going to find a way to share who we are to the outside world. Um, It's just a shame that we won't have this meeting uh every month to kind of touch base because that's kind of what i've always gauged this show to be was a touch base was a was a time where we can get together and we can center and i know that for the last couple of months i mean i've been speaking like i thought this show was going to go forever because the last couple of months i've really felt the community was really forming here in uh, our zoom environment um but this isn't the end And this won't be the last time that we share stories with each other. Um, I would like to take the time to thank Colby and Sam for creating this show idea because they knew the importance of it and um, for bringing me in and asking me to help curate this has been an absolute honor for me for almost four years we've done this show for almost four years and is that right Colby almost four years yes okay great um it all blends together when you smoke copious amounts of weed I'll tell you but um it was their vision we made it happen 
We made it happen in two different environments. We made it happen live. We made it happen virtual. We, I am very, very thankful for Colby and Sam because uh, regardless of how, whether it's short-lived or not, we did important things here. And um, I believe that. And by important things, uh, we heard you. Um, because that's what it's about. You and us and we. Now, I didn't think that this was going to be my last episode. Uh, pretty much every single podcast I do is on hiatus for the summer. So I really feel like I am being shut the fuck up. <laughs> that's kind of how I feel right now. Um, and so I really didn't know what all I wanted to talk about here on the last Queer Slam. Um, that would that would change anything or give you guys any more of a perspective into who I am as a person or what I do or what I believe. Um, so I'm just going to give you the same old, same old. <laughs> the same shit that I always give you because... The world is a dark place right now. And, you know, even though it's the finale and I want to be all, Haha, everything's great and everything's splendid. That is just not the truth of what is happening in our world today. So it's very, very hard for me to come here uh, for the last time on this platform and try to try to like have that last show excitement and fun because what is happening right now in the world and in this country is not fun. Um, I'm gonna be talking in generalizations. I'm gonna be talking in we's and you's and them's and I's for the, this brief period here. So I don't want you to take offense to it because if you're listening to my voice right now, hopefully you're not one of the dumbs or if you are one of the dumbs, you're trying to not be dumb. Before I leave Queer Slam and this wonderful platform that I have here, it is important for me to let anyone know that American exceptionalism is a lie. It's a bullshit lie to make us not care about anything else than what's happening in our own backyard. We keep losing people to gunfire constantly. We are, they are killing kids by the droves and this country refuses to learn its lesson. It refuses. It's not that we don't have a path to changing things. We do. It's absolutely fucking there. If you're a smart person, you know, you don't need guns that make you fucking confetti. You don't need those. That's silly. It's dumb. But American exceptionalism. I'm protecting what's mine. Oh, I'm, we have the right to do whatever we fucking want. Here's what I'm asking you people. Because after what happened in Texas, it's very, very hard for me to get upset about a dead kid. Sorry, I don't know the dead kid. The dead kid happened, happens a lot. And I'm supposed to care, but yet we don't want to fix something. The solution's there, but we don't want to fix it. But I should still weep. I should still make a memorial park. I should still lift up, show their faces, show the pictures, get the stories, get the get the one-on-one -on -one accounts of what happened. But what we're not doing as a country right now is remembering the survivors. 
And that's the shame. Because we talk about mental illness being a part of the problem, but we're not talking about what these kids saw, the surviving kids in that room, what they saw in that 72 fucking minutes will never leave them. And you know who will never care or ask how they're doing? Us. And that's sick. Because we'd rather glorify the dead because it's easy to forget about them. Once those pictures are up, once we cleared those candles and those fucking stuffed bears that we all do, oh, our ghost bikes, once we clear those out of the way, it's not our fucking problem anymore. We don't care. They're not ours. You know what I saw? I, it was, I don't even know what shooting it was after. But there was a time, I think it was Time Magazine. And one of the fucking survivors was on the cover. And he was riddled in scars all over his fucking young body. He shits in a bag that hangs out of his fucking stomach. And he'll do that for the rest of his life. You know who doesn't care about that? Us. We don't care about that. If we cared about that, then we would have done something with this bullshit government that we're trying to, to pretend is functional. I'm done being sad about your dead kids. I'm done. And this is hard for me to say because let it not be forgotten that I have an eight-year-old daughter that goes to a public school in Illinois. <laughs> Could happen. But I'm done being sad. Because it's because once we put the, the pictures away, we don't care until the next shooting. But there are tons of fucking young bodies that have been riddled with bullets and scars that are functioning and walking and surviving and are shell-shocked. And we don't care. So save me your prayer, save me your thoughts, save me your oh Tony, you shouldn't say that about this. Fuck you. Because you don't care. And so therefore, until change happens, I don't care. Now, could karma come around and I could get taken out of the mall? No, queen, I don't go to malls. Bitch, I shop online. But what I'm saying is, look, this is what we, this doesn't just happen at schools. This doesn't just happen at churches. This could happen to you fucking going to the goddamn grocery store. And if it happens to you, Guess who's going to want us to care? You. All right. Final show. Final show. Woo. Sorry. Shake that off. I'm sorry, y'all. Listen, I'm pent up. This country is stupid. And we are enabling stupid. Uh, let's hear from y'all, though. Guys, we are here for our open mic portion of Queer Slam. I'm so excited to hear you guys for the last time on this platform, but not for the last time. I can promise you that. Kicking us off, let me see where we are. Of course, kicking us off. Oh, this is gonna break my heart. All right, I will probably get a little sad. Gordon Blitz for the last time, but not for the last time, everybody. Oh. Before I read my piece, I, I want to thank Colby 
you know, for producing Queer Slam, and but it's the impact of Tony on me. Um, I've learned so much about myself being a writer and performer based on your loving comments during the last four years. <sighs> you have a special place in my heart. Now, here's my last story. I started lip syncing to Barry Manilow's Weekend in New England in 1978. I was familiar with drag queens that made mouthing to songs and art. My tone deaf vocal cords longed for an outlet. I made my debut at the work Christmas party. As the tape began, I stared at the crowd and begged them to get me. The sound was too low and there was a cassette malfunction. My face switched colors as I turned around and whispered, can you start it again, make it super loud? The audience nervously laughed. As I gathered steam, I nailed the song's melodrama. My arms and hands didn't have any boundaries as they swept to the melody and Barry Manilow's signature key change. The uproar clapping multiplied as I finished. I was reborn. So when karaoke hit the scene in 1990, I was told, you have to try it. It's so much fun. You don't need a good voice. It will be perfect for you, Gordon, my sister explained. So we ventured to a straight San Diego karaoke bar near where my sister lived. I knew weekend in New England would be way too difficult. I would sing Evergreen because I could talk through parts of the song. Barbara was my idol. Despite singing Don't Rain in My Parade at the top of my lungs when I was a teenager, I needed something easier. After going through the song list, I found Evergreen and I gave a slip of paper with the song number to the DJ. There was an Asian man trying to sing Sinatra's My Way. No one minded his amateurish performance. They cheered him on when he couldn't reach a note and energetically clapped when he finished. When I was announced, a wave of bravery pushed me onto the stage. Despite my hoarse voice, I enveloped the crowd with my Barbara presence. I had her hand movements and inflections perfected as I whipped through Evergreen. There was an empowerment of using my own instrument rather than lip syncing. I was bearing my essence. I tapped into vocal emotions. I triumphed. Now that I had scratched the San Diego karaoke surface, I itched to recreate the high I felt. West Hollywood was getting on the karaoke bandwagon. The current hot gay bar, Mickey's, had a weekly karaoke night. When I entered the bar, the audience of Twinkie Boys was 180 degrees from the San Diego establishment. The DJ announced, our next singer is Jeremy Wilton. He's going to do Mariah Carey's Love Takes Time. 
the whooping and collaring that emanated made me think that this guy was a regular and the crowd knew him. His pitched perfect voice shot through the room. As Jeremy held an endless note, the crowd lavished praising shouts towards him. I thought karaoke was for amateur singers and this guy was a professional. Now let's welcome Gordon. He's doing that old chestnut evergreen. I ignored my butterfly nerves and seized hold of the mic. I invited, invited a few friends for my West Hollywood debut. I began with love soft as an easy chair. Oh no, this version is slightly different from San Diego. It's a, it's a bit slower and my voice didn't have a chance. As I grappled with each verse, I heard boos and laughter. My head crumbled. I was grinding to the ground, but I didn't stop. My brain thought, get off the stage. The three minute song slowed down to an hour in my mind, a splattering of clapping as I bowed and left the stage. The injury hurt my skin. I understood how vicious an audience of gay men can be. They make icons or they destroy them. My friend Charlie said, they loved you. I didn't believe him. My wounds ached. Lip syncing will be my salvation. I'll need my scarred skin to harden before I attempt karaoke again. Gordon Blitz, everybody. Gordon Blitz! Oh, Gordon. I'll tell you, listen, I am trash from the Midwest. So, uh, you know, karaoke was always amateur. It was like when someone was beautiful, when they had a beautiful voice, that really sent you slang. The first time I went to a karaoke in LA, though, I was like, oh, y'all just working. Like, what is happening here? Like, you're all so good. Gordon Blitz. Gordon Blitz, of course, in always perfect Gordon Blitz fashion, brings up a really good point. Have you all lip synced lately? Honestly, like, listen, that is like one of our fucking like secret powers, queer people, is that we can really turn our bathroom mirrors up. You found some real strength in lip syncing. Um, Gordon, speaking of strength, I want to say to you, sir, that meeting you and hearing your stories and what I said about um, honoring survivors is that, you know, we have a lost generation of gay men in this country, in this world, um, because of, you know, the AIDS plague. And um, hearing your stories and your link to that is our connection. And it's so important because one of the things that I have feared most is becoming an aged gay man. Um, but what I've learned from you has made me hope that I can teach someone else um, and have the same respect that I have for you, for me. So thank you so much, Gordon. Thank you. All right. Oh, shit. I was like, Kobe, I'm not going to get emotional at this thing. Please. I am fucking stone. Um, I'm just going to smoke more weed. God damn. 
All right, thank you so much. Let's keep this going on. Our next open micer, where is Valerie, darling? Hi. Work, queen, work. <laughs> yeah, so I'd like to read a few for you, if I may, if I have enough time to. Um, here's the first one. Unexpurgated hips, hot little mouth, press your fingers in. Lush, blush, pull and push, press your fingers in. Press and reach, soft and wet, bodies joining body inside body, press your fingers in. Thank you. That's the first one. All right, here's the second one. This is called The Love Done. The first omen was the arid New Mexican air how the pinks of the sunset reminded me of the soft flesh at the back of her cunt the sky was a god and this one had been told say ah it curled through my hair like fingers and it unfurled itself before me sex in whites tangerines and low iron blood the air was a mouth was hand over hand cock in palm cicadas rattled cloaked my cries and I smiled. I clipped a branch of honeysuckle with a finger and thumb. Soon, rain is bound to come. Thank you. I have one more for you. It's called the language of a screw. Mouth swollen from something like love, I get up off my knees on your living room rug. A kiss is a shutter I press to open each time I want to remember you, and I do. So I do. The air is thick with heat from our bodies meeting hot as a fever I can't sweat out. You've got buttons I'd love to get undone, a tangle for me to sort out. I speak to you in fingers and hands, standing before you naked to show you that there's nothing as electric as a girl. I'll undress you and we'll leave each other wide open and wet split like a fig by two thumbs because your body is a cathedral to me and somewhere hidden is a bell for me to ring thank you holy shit valerie darling what the hell was that uh pushing poking see this is this is hunkering queer folks see this is why this show is so good because like literally we can go from like moments of like emotion it's like blah blah and then talk about pussy and fucking it and whatnot that that sent me when she was like i'm gonna be real with you miss valerie darling when you were like i have a couple i did kind of inside roll my eyes but then when you started out with that first with the push and the poke and bloop bloop i was like i'll listen I'll listen, listen, I'll listen, honey. Having a slutty girl summer, I'm here for it. All right. Oh, Queer Slam, you're a good time. Let's see, where's Freddy? Oh, is this Freddy? Is this Freddy? Is this the Freddy I know? It is Freddy. All right, Freddy, everybody. Hi, how's everyone doing? So I wrote this piece back in November. Um, I was very inspired by the concert that I was going to go with my mom, the world 
AIDS concert. And it was so beautiful. I had such a great time. And I wrote this poem called Hallelujah. So I'm going to read it to you in English and then in Spanish. I asked God for a shooting star, but he sent me another hallelujah. I prayed for a reason to smile when my tears hit the sky. His grace restored my faith when the person I loved said goodbye. The attempt to succeed was hard to achieve. I needed time to grieve in order to live. Lord, thank you for saving my life. It is because of you that I learned to forgive. You turned my pain into desire to thrive. I'm happy I made the choice to find my new voice. I was lost in the hands of the devil. I needed help to survive and stop being a rebel. Your gift is knowledge and wisdom. You're my savior and I'm your child. I have the power to change and leave my own prison. Thank you for guiding me down the right aisle. You're my God and love is your dance. You're my king and your wish is my command. You're my savior and second chance. You're my hallelujah and best circumstance. So this is the Spanish version. Aleluya. Le pedí a Dios una estrella fugaz, pero me envió otro aleluya. Recé por una razón para sonreír cuando mis lágrimas escondieron el cielo. Su gracia restauró mi fe cuando la persona que amaba se despidió. El intento de tener éxito fue difícil de lograr. Necesitaba tiempo para llorar para poder vivir. Señor, gracias por salvarme la vida. Es gracias a ti que aprendí a perdonar. Convertiste mi dolor en deseo de prosperar. Estoy feliz de haber tomado la decisión de encontrar mi nueva voz. Estaba perdido en manos del diablo. Necesitaba ayuda para sobrevivir y dejar de ser rebelde. Tu don es el conocimiento y la sabiduría. Eres mi salvador y yo soy tu hijo. Tengo el poder de cambiar y salir de propia prisión. Gracias por guiarme por el pasillo de derecho. Eres mi Dios y el amor es tu baile. Eres mi rey y tu deseo es mi orden. Eres mi salvador y mi segunda oportunidad. Eres mi aleluya y mejor circunstancia. Gracias. And then I'm going to read one more. And this is dedicated to my beautiful boyfriend and all of my amazing friends all over. It's called Window Pain. Living on my own became such a waste. I felt lost in a place where I no longer saw your face. I had nothing to gain because all I felt was pain. The parade didn't last long and the rain fogged my window pane. Summer creeped in with grief. I never thought God would help me get over you. The house of cards blew away like autumn leaves. Now I can say I don't love you anymore. Faith healed my soul. Courage restored my heart with hope. There's no reason for me to stay. I have to pull through and press play. I get lost in his brown eyes. He's my Batman and I enjoy his car ride. I don't care to dance with other boys. Love became my guide and luckily he has nothing to hide. His touch makes me come alive. I'm happier than I've ever been in my life. His smile sends chills down my spine. I know he, I know by his side, I'll get to the finish line. Thank you guys. I hope you have a beautiful pride. Enjoy this beautiful summer, work hard, be safe and always protect yourself. Give it up for Freddie, everybody. Freddie! I'm going to be a little honest. That second one was a bit braggy. All right. We get it. You're in love. Congratulations, Queen. Excuse me. I'll be over here. 
But that second Thank one, you. that second one has proved that my Duolingo is doing really well. I was like, yeah, I know it. I knew it. Did you all know that hallelujah was different when you say it in Spanish? We just learned that. Definitely. It's hallelujah or it's hallelujah. All right. Hallelujah. This show's going to keep moving along. Um, uh, thank you again, Freddie. What a doll that Thank you Freddie so much. Thank a- you for everything you've done for me and all the opportunities. I truly appreciate it to you and Colby. I, I want you to I'm save so every compliment on here today, Colby, and just send it to me in a little file because I deserve it. Thank you, Freddie. All right. Uh, I know Jen's here. Where's, where's Jen Chang? Jen Chang. Hi, Tony. <sighs> Uh, thank you, Tony, for holding space. This is very precious. I look forward to the new variation of our community space and see you there. Um, let's see. May is uh, Asian Pacific Islander Month as well as Mental Health Awareness Month. So, yes, all this mental health awareness is a good theme of discussion today. Um, so I'll go backwards. Um, I recently wrote this piece to... Uh, support myself. I write to help myself, um, and I hope it helps you. Faith can be an elusive thing, sometimes hidden from sight, sometimes just beyond reach, sometimes too tender to touch. I need patience to allow for the blossoms of surprise gifts to show up. Just when I want to despair that I am in no man's land, a friend lends me her rose-colored glasses to say I am in mid-flight, to where I don't know, but I am so thankful to breathe in her presence. When I have starved myself by holding my breath, could generosity and hope be at my local food bank? When I am too hungry to know what I need, please just spoon that onto my empty plate and show me the hidden tropical fruit buried in the leaves and remind me to slow down and peek through the leaves. Um, My second one is a birthday poem I wrote to myself. uh, to kind of cheer myself up and uh, forgive me tell me if this isn't working but I think this should work uh, with my keyboard here Um, if any of you loved love Jones um, I love spoken word poetry with music and I'm not a pro at this so humor me another orbit around the Sun is a chance to see where I've lost and where I've begun. The flight of innocence and the chase to regain it, the notes of of remembrance and the echoes that reframe it. The effort to listen more closely and hear the whispers of wisdom, the choice to surrender to my fate that I humbly belong in this time and in this kingdom. Another orbit around the sun feels like yet again, I've only just begun. And the last one is in honor of being queer and Asian. Oh good, that came through musically. Um, About being queer and Asian. I'm not the perfect Chinese daughter because I didn't become the doctor my mom hoped I could be but I will know your body better than you or your doctor ever will. I am not the perfect husband because I'm not the wealthy accountant with the steady job, but your family will love me 
because I will bring them countless laughs and piano music. I'm not the perfect wife because I will not do all the chores and pick up your dirty socks. I will impress you with witty banter and unforgettable muffins. Instead, I will blow your socks off in you know what way and wine and dine you and make loving memories and challenge you in unexpected ways and be your steady pillar when you don't know you're weak. I'm queer and Asian, then I don't need to wait for a karaoke room to tell you I love and live boldly because I do it my way. Give it up for Jen Chang. Yes, you do do it your way, Jen. I just want to say to you, well done on the range today, because I think we have seen a bit of a more vulnerable side to you, especially with the accompaniment, because usually it's that very like sexy, dumb. But then that third poem was like, yeah, I'll show you. And I was like, I like that. And just a word to you, because like, I love that you create to, um, to keep yourself happy or to make yourself happy. I need you to know that when you perform what you do, there is a strength behind what it is. So like, just know that, like, like you do bring happiness to others. So I hope that that helps um, because I've enjoyed uh, seeing you perform for us throughout the years. Um, maybe it was like one, two, I don't know how long you've been here, but it feels like forever. All right, it feels like forever. Let's keep moving along. We have Joshua, where's Joshua? Hi, Tony and Queer Slam and everybody, Colby too. I'm really happy to be here uh, on this final night of Queer Slam. Um, I am a uh, lyrical poet, entertainer, and a proud inheritor of the vaudeville tradition of frivolity and gaiety. So um, with that said, I'll be performing a piece of mine tonight called the Actin' Salty. And um, hope you guys like it. All right, here we go. Open up a social app on any day. You'll find that the people have a lot to say. Usually they're spitting out the same old rap. Weddings, birthdays, funerals, and all that crap. If you're smart, you'll stay above the noise. But if you're not fair warning, girls and boys, your brother Jay just earned a raise. Your sister Keisha, they cade for days. You're feeling awful, but that don't call for you acting salty. Mm -hmm. They're getting likes and lots of hearts. This adulation tears you apart. Their smiles are beaming. Meanwhile, you're scheming and acting salty. Da, 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 da. Classmates from your old high school, seems they've got everything. Husbands and wives and children, seems like you've got nothing. You get to typing and start to moan. They read your comments and start to groan. Their patience slickens, but you keep sticking to acting salty. 
the new year rings, you're all alone, nobody texts you, or even phones, done with your mocking, they got to blocking, you acting salty, mm -hmm. the only peeps still on your feed, you're great on Ida, co-worker Reed, they're less than thrilling, yourself you're killing for acting salty. Tried out your luck with strangers. What dangers could you pose? Fan pages, groups, and threadings. Somehow kicked out of those. You look defeated, a fading ghost. Your voice deleted by more than most. You've learned your lesson. At least I'm guessing about acting salty. Thank you. <laughs> Give it up for Joshua, everyone. Uh, I feel like that was written about me. Honestly, feels very pointed and directed at me. Um, that said, are you following me on social media at the Tony Soto show on Twitter and Instagram? Don't miss all the gems that I put out there. Um, look, I'm all, oh, I'm on the TikTok too. Oh, I forgot to mention I'm on the TikTok because I'm old and I shouldn't be, but I am. I am on the TikTok at the Tony Soto show, believe it or not. I mean, mostly it's just clips from all of my podcasts, but whatever, bitch, she is present. All right, present. Thank you again, Joshua Castro. Um, I loved the uh, the little interludes of music. Really brings it all together. I mean, I'm really gonna miss you. I just want to let you know that. Really gonna miss listening to you every month. You miss you miss listening to me. You said I'm, I'm going to miss you. I, I love listening to you. So thank you for everything. Where am I going? Joshua, where I am still firmly on the internet, Joshua. I'm not going anywhere, Joshua. Joshua, don't try to put a nail in this coffin, Joshua. Um, but thank you. Yes, I am on hiatus though, because bitch needs a break. She does it all herself. Um, uh, that said, send me money. Uh, here we go. Let's keep going. <laughs> uh, where's Sid Shaw? Sid Shaw. Hello. I love it. That was from the diaphragm. Get it, Queen. Hi. Um, so yeah, I have a few little short poems. So I'm going to go through a few of those. Um, this is one that I wrote yesterday, actually. So here we go. Uh, Tenderness is a hard thing, a warm collarbone, a tooth pressed into flesh. You whose job it is to make young men hard, do not forget what it means to be soft. Feel the splendor of the grass, the sun's summer embrace. Chase the feeling of unfurling your heart. You can fuck for the camera and still blush at the thought of a kiss. Remember, virginity is not taken but given. Flesh is yours to share and celebrate. Sex is a sacrament to the temple of the body and you are the priest, the altar, and the worshiper. Innocence never leaves, it lives in the tall grass, bright paintings the feel of the sun on the temple of your bare chest. Um, this next one's called Aftercare. The tears drip like candle wax, 
Someone is asleep beside me and the marks on my wrists are fading already. Used to be fun. Used to be all ropes and after parties. The sun rises in the alleyway outside and my mouth is dry, stomach rumbling, empty. Used to feel something. Orgasm, pain, hunger, something like that. I don't remember the word for it. I call a cab home. And then the last one, I'll read something just a little more cheerful. Uh, this is called Love Poems Scraps. There are enough love poems to fill the earth, tongue, sun, fabric, and moonlight, parched lips. In love, pentameter becomes the worn out hum of a failing machinery. You are a cumulonimbus and my hands fumble your shape. I commit each moment to memory. Grow ravenous. My tongue trips, words impotent. On the desk, a dozen poems lay half written, and I have forgotten my words, wanting only. Thank you. Give it up for Sid Shaw, everyone. Sid Shaw! Yes, yes. I love it when you can feel your own shit. You know what I mean? When you're like that sent me somewhere are you have you been to queer slam before um is this your first time here as a as a presenter and a viewer uh this is my first time yeah i i'm so sad it'll be first and last like this is what i'm saying like how lucky is sid shaw to have come for the first time and the last to and see <laughs> this community and be able to present and uh feel comfortable enough to let themselves feel um thank you Sid that was amazing uh and that's gonna live on the internet forever now so congratulations welcome to the cult queen one of us one thank of you. us all right um uh, I am a whore for the internet you know I remember dial up Thank God we have come a long way. Where's Catherine? Catherine! Hello, I'm right here. Um, I'm so honored to be on this grand finale. Thank you so much for having me. Um, much like a lot that has been said tonight, I kind of um, wanted to do a piece that's like about, you know, longevity and good omens and the fact that like even endings aren't endings and like, I don't know, that kind of a thing. So I wanted to, to do one kind of, yeah. So this is just a poem um, about, yeah, resilience, like queer resilience and that kind of a thing. And um, this is both for and about my friend James. And it's uh, another birthday poem. We've got another both birthday poem here. So here we go. The sky fell as I lied that night in the pool. I'd watched it for every night for weeks and nothing but haze as I still wished and mouthed along. Maybe this time it's different. I mean, I think you really like me. But here on his birthday in his hometown where I was chosen as worthy, I looked up by chance to see fast and bright and glittering slipping through the tree's slender fingers, gone in a moment, but I bared witness. I cried out and the boys ran to tend to calamity. I got out of the pool and wept unconsolable. He held me in his arms as I was soaking wet. The symbol of long life blessing. He made it to 25. We both did. And the stars above us told me, we're going to live forever. 
and we cried because we understood. Okay, that's it. That was very short and sweet, but that's my one poem that I have for y'all. Thank you so much for having me. Give it up for Catherine, everybody. Catherine. Catherine is one of our newer faces, I would say, but however, I feel like almost every piece that Catherine does, she always introduces us to another one of her friends. Um, so I feel like you, you do a lot of poems about your friends. Um, so therefore, uh, by you joining our community, we are, have been introduced to yours. And it sounds like you have a pretty good one. So thank you so much for sharing with us, Catherine. Thank you uh, so much. Y'all, we have two more presenters, and we're going to go into our final headliners here at Queer Slam under the Reverie brand. Um, so uh, let's see, where is, where's Janet? Janet! Okay, can you hear me? <clears throat> Tony, oh, you know, ever since that first night I saw you on stage dressed in drag, and you just wowed me, and you continue to wow me with your, your rants are brilliant. And I'm going to really miss your insights. You, you have amazing insights and the way that you just form them um, are powerful. So, um, and you, you are also a, a person of many secrets. I didn't know you had a daughter. <laughs> I wanna know more. <laughs> wow. And you have full of content, full of it for years, Quid. How many children do you have? <laughs> oh, no, no. I only donated to I'm one, one, one. That's it. <laughs> okay. Well, the poem I'm going to read is, is relatively new. Uh, it was um, Gordon gave me a prompt, and so I worked with it. And here it is. I know what it's like to commit to marriage and later have my heart broken in two. I know what it's like to be the other when a lover is living in a lie. I know what it's like to be the black sheep in a family made to feel that different is a bad thing. I know what it's like living in a dysfunctional house where physical abuse was the norm. I know what it's like on a date to be expected to give sex. I know what it's like riding in a car with a black friend then spit on from a truck driver. I know what it's like to make fiery love in the middle of a German forest only to find two strangers looking on. I know what it's like to be the target of anti-Semitic slurs from a classmate in Mr. North's room. I know what it's like sailing a catamaran in the open sea with the wind in my hair and sails. I know what it's like speeding toward an incline on a dirt bike and fly in the air with fearlessness. I know what it's like to dance with pure passion and climax in that ecstasy. I know what it's like to walk a pilgrimage in Spain for 383 miles through times of defeat, fear, tranquility, humbleness. I know what it's like to live alone where I'd rather not than the next moment relish the time alone. 
I know what it's like not to like and to like the unknown. Give it up for Janet, everyone. Janet. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I still have the poem. And uh, I think that you're probably the only person who has ever written me a poem uh, and given it to me. And uh, it meant so much. And uh, I'm so glad that we were still able to just stay connected through the show because having met you at the live one, I mean, yeah, can you believe it? I started doing this show in drag. Colby was trying to work a bitch. Colby was like, no, get out there, clown, do your hula hooping and whatnot. And I was like, all right. Um, thank you, Janet. Your stories, I think you are like, a quiet fire queen. Like I don't, I don't know the full life you've lived, but I am sure it is interesting as fuck. Um, give it up for Janet one more time. Thank you. Well, if I would have known sooner, I would have written you another poem. So, <laughs> always <laughs> accepting poems. Always okay. accepting poems. Thank all you right. so much, Janet. Um, all right, our final presenter on the open mic is also. Uh, one of my favorites. And um, I'm glad that he is my closer. So give it up for Charlie, everybody. Well, thank you, Tony. And, you know, Tony and Colby, I am just so grateful that we've done this together for all these years, because I, you know, as a as an elder, and a senior, I, I used to say all the time that I came out when I was in my 20s. But I've learned from doing this that I've been coming out every day of my life, and I will continue to come out every day of my life. And um, I'm so grateful to have a space to, to share uh, all of these experiences and just feel better and better about being a gay person every day. So I've done this poem before, it's called My Life in Pink. When I come out, I will be the real deal, a steal, one happy meal, congealed as much as mac and cheese or Cantonese vegetables and spice, refried beans and rice, one lean machine in between parties, a sacred scratched out catnap after party nights wrapped and snapped, a psychic healing, feeling and kneeling, reeling in the catch, a match I made in heaven, a sleeper, a keeper, one holy roller, fashion patroller, out of controller, unique, speaking deeper, seeking softer, in a place where I recognize each face of the sky and it knows mine. When I come out, I will be in bold ink, exaggerated pink, connecting links, sinking clumsy grateful sex with love and friends and truth. My coming out is a breathing full, laughing loud, talking slow, gushing, blushing, touching, all that's new. It's a being outraged, smashing closet doors, a howling, holding hands, expanding, standing still for the first time in my life, a growing ancient, living and dying in my own wrinkled skin, surrounded by you, my friends who spent years 
seeking each other and themselves, just like me. Thank you. Give it up for Charlie, everybody. Charlie! Charlie, I think like, I think the thing about you and Gordon for me is that I was one of the gay boys who couldn't hide it. And I think that, I mean, I don't want to take liberties. I don't want to offend, but I kind of think that you're one of the OGs, the obviously gays, where it was really hard to be that. And you made my life easier as a result of what you went through for just trying to be authentic. And I just appreciate you very much. So thank you, Charlie. Um, and thank you to everybody for uh, all the open micers that have ever performed here at Queer Slam for the four years that we've been doing it. Uh, your stories are important and your stories are what keeps you alive forever. You know, like, it's like, that's how you live, live eternally, honey. It ain't no pearly gates upstairs, bitch. It's no fucking white bearded man uh, who created you in seven days. That's bullshit. All right. Live for today. Live for now, because this is the only world we get. Um, uh, all right. Let's move on to uh, our final headliners here at Queer Slam under the Reverie brand. Um, uh, I think I took that from rent, Jen. <laughs> Uh, but seriously, it's a good note. Thank you to friends. <laughs> um, uh, all right. Up next is uh, our presenter currently serves as the West Hollywood City Poet Laureate and is a Laureate Fellow for the Academy of American Poets for LGBTQ Poetry Activism. He curates Pride Poets, which brings queer poets on typewriters to write for the public, at, the public at Pride in June. Check out his book, The Poetry of Strangers, What I Learned Traveling America with a Typewriter as a memoir of his career as a poet for hire across the country. Jesus Christ, they never get any shorter. Give it up for Brian Sonia Wallace. Thank you, Tony. Um, thank you to Goldie and Sam and the whole team um, for having me. And it's an honor to share a stage with Hank Henderson um, and with everybody and to, to help bring this chapter to a close and hopefully open um, many others. And I really feel like I had sort of three, three coming outs. Like I had my coming out to my friends when I was 20. I had a coming out to my parents at, at 26. And then it's really like this year, these last few years that I've had kind of a, a coming out to myself through art and through my writing. And I feel like Queer Slam and, and Hank series homocentric were the first spaces that I found that were queer writing spaces. Um, and I was working with uh, Charlie Jensen, who has a, a mentor, who's an incredible poet. Um, and uh, he'd recommended that I check out those two. And that's really where I feel like I've found a lot of my voice and where these dogs that are playing with their crate in the background are finding a lot of theirs. So if you hear noise, that's what that is. Um, all right, I'm gonna, uh, Shut up about that. I'll tell you way too many things about things that I'm organizing that I want you to be a part of at the end. Um, but for now, let's get into some poems. Um, when I became the, the West Hollywood City Poet Laureate, which also like, you just apply. It's just, you send in the application. That's how you do that. Um, I really wanted to try to write about 
kind of what I was seeing like on Santa Monica Boulevard and that Weho district in the way that Mary Oliver might write about, you know, bears and otters and geese in the wild, but to write about bears and otters and geese in the community. So um, this is my homage to Mary Oliver. It's called Out. It goes like this. The boys stagger, cawing across Robertson, like Mary Oliver's wild geese in booty shorts. Harsh and inviting down this ancestral flight path of faggots as I set down to write a nature poem. They are swish-wristed wrestlers, pleading heathens set loose, always starting arts cooperatives, always pumping iron, always remembering their history and forgetting their history. History spikes me, enters me, brokers no consent. It pimps me out, puts me on my knees to test my gag reflex. These are my people, I convince myself. I take some convincing. This is my swish flick, my good gravel, my bones, my bones. Skeleton, you have so much meat. Soft animal, come in. Here is everything you ran from for so long. Come in. You must be lonely from all that running. Thank you. Um, we're gonna keep things going uh, with a poem about pups and fisting uh, because it's the last queer slam and no one's done that yet. So let's do it. Um, human pups, if you need to look them up, lovely section of the BDSM community, butt plugs with tails, pup hoods. It's a, it's a great time. They have a, they have a good old time. Um, this poem in, in true Catherine fashion is about a friend of mine. Uh, I can give you his only fans after the poem, if you're interested. Um, and it's called best in show. On the tail end of a particularly Catholic visit home, Stephen inflated a balloon inside himself and decided on his pup name, Apollo, the God of light. Back in LA, he'd raced to his apartment from the nurse's office where he worked, fire hose his insides with a douche and fill a Gatorade bottle with silicone lube. Boys were waiting. Fists were still exciting, but had gotten easy if he was being honest. Last week, a man got his whole foot in Stephen's colon lining, soft earth on bare toes. Apollo, whose body this really was, more god or dog than man, yelped and whimpered, pawed the airhead, lancing back in ecstasy. Sometimes at the nurse's station or on the volleyball court, Apollo would reflexively bark in bed with his new husband, his dom, his daddy, his sir. The tired boy growled his contentment and nuzzled his godhead in. They'd sleep that way until the sun rose. Doesn't transformation always happen like this? Gradually then, all at once expanding from the inside. 
under his nurse tech uniform, blue scrubs. Stephen always wore a chain with a dog tag in the shape of a bone. What beast deity do you hide under your work shirt? How wide do the insides of yourself extend? Maybe it's not something for a mother to understand. This line of men here for the ritual, this hunger to be everyone's good boy, to be the best boy, to be. Pups and fisting, thank you so much. Doing, doing it all. Um, while we're on mothers, uh, this one is just called Holiday Poem. How is it that a family, how is it that a family breaks, italicizes into dialogue? I miss him, I miss him. Two of us at the table attempting a holiday. How is that a family? How is it that mom, that mom heals herself slowly, her mind and body broken, booze draggled, teary, drunk, and showering only as often as an injured person showers? How is that a mom? Until, hungry for dog walks, she writes herself on a cane and sets off for another date with pain. That old lover who moved in when my dad died. When dad died, I got a fish. When dad died, I started kickboxing. When dad died, I broke up with everyone. When dad died, I moved on. When dad died, I taught. When dad died, I could not think straight. When dad died, I moved the car for street sweeping. When dad died, I went to the desert. When dad died, I had sex. When dad died, I watered the houseplants. When dad died, I started to do everything I'd ever do for the rest of my life after my dad died all at once, just like my dead dad did. Who moved in when dad died? A screeching devil of self-doubt, a few paperback prophets, and a podcast about setting boundaries and communicating needs. I give my mom Mother's Day. She's never held on to it like this before like evidence that she is not alone. We open a bottle of the good wine. The wine he set aside when he could set aside wine. We open the whiskey I would have drunk with him after she went to bed. She stays up to drink the whiskey. She is getting better. Near the end, she keeps saying, I'm so glad you're here. A colleague of my dad's sent her an email. It said, you have so much to live for. She laughs and laughs. Isn't that funny? What does he think I'm going to do? I'm just complaining. The setting sun complains, golden across the sky. The jacarandas bother the clouds. I insist on a walk and she grows animated at the thought of inspecting the neighborhood. Hungers for how far all that new construction has come.
Thank you. Oh, all right. Let's, uh, yeah, I've been writing a lot about gay sex and the death of my father. So that's, that's my moment right now. Um, this next one's called uh, On Jacking Off to Dead Boys. So there you go. Somewhere, all the runaway kites live together. No one ever untangles the strings, but they're so high up, it doesn't matter. As a teen, I practiced lying to myself. My treasure trail came in first. Bristled hair under my pits, my moon face stretched and cratered midnight. My dad had finally go to bed, and I could Yahoo search for rippling bellies and pits like mine, fluffed, just another early 2000s puka-shelled straight boy putting out for pay, looking straight into the camera and lying, dying before 25. I learned what to love from these men. Bought a puka-shell necklace, grew a goatee, fled the country, slept on so many couches, my chest now functions as a cushion. Friends keep giving me houseplants like here, you keep this alive. I grieve my dad. I wish I could tell him my wounds are working. Not every body has to be a grave. Thank you. And I have, oh, fuck it, I'm featuring. I have two more that I wanna do, but they're fast. Um, this one is one that I wrote for the city as part of their, uh, their holiday celebration when we were still in lockdown. And it's about the way that Zoom can bring us together as community and, and how meaningful that is. And it feels important uh, in this moment as we're you know, continuing on the latest, the second half of Queer Slam, you know, being remote. It's called After the Music. It goes like this. Praise the Zoom call. You're on mute, love can't hear you. Secretly, praise the bad connection. Praise our home gyms, our home offices, our home schools, our closed bars, our cooking dances, our kitchen dances, our cooking fails, our odd jobs, our rented U-Hauls, our promises to stay. In a workshop online, duh. My friend Dorsey, a resplendent 75 crowned in Diana Ross curls, shares her poem. Butterflies, a lover's caress, and then, why should I not want to just die? She seated concerts across the city for decades. Now it is impossible to sing together. Everyone is slightly out of time. What happens after the music? We gape and stammer. Put d'Orsay, she Booms laughter, claps her hands. We're here, aren't we? However we gather, it's a party. Our face parade through lag and crash and latency, logging on against erasure. I'll be there next week, writes Dorsey. A late night promise. The next morning, Bougainvillea shocks pink across the sidewalk. I leave the Russian bakery with a loaf of black Borodinsky rye. Praise the long walk with no end. The right now. Our newly fragiled bodies. 
that awkward, grateful way we hold each other at any distance. I'll finish there. Um, thank you. Thank you for this space. Um, are you, I have to pitch you 500 things. We're starting a new mic at Mickey's in Los Angeles in WeHo. Uh, the mic at Mickey's every Tuesday, starting June 7th in Pride Month. Uh, 6 p.m. we'll be riding in tacos outside. 7 to 9.30 p.m. will be the mic. Would love to see your faces in person if you're in LA. Um, Pride Poets is writing custom poems. So if you're like Tony and you're like, no one's written a poem for me before, damn it, Catherine, write me more. Um, you can come see us at Pride uh, June 4th and 5th at West Hollywood Pride, noon until 7 p.m. We also have a hotline that we're running on June 11th. Um, you can look at rentpoet.com slash pridepoets for all the details. Um, there's a, a daytime and an after hours for the hotline. Um, and the number is 202-998-3510 for the podcast. Um, Valerie Darling, Jen Chang, and Sid Shaw are some of our poets this year. Um, you can find me at Rent Poet. And uh, shameless self-promotion, back over to you, Tony. I love you. Thank you so much. Give it up for Brian Sonia Wallace. Check him out. He seems to be everywhere. I mean, I didn't even know we WeHo did poetry. I mean, I've only gone there for drag shows. So we are not poets. Um, all right. We have one final headliner for the evening. So I am very excited to... Um, what, I'm so sorry. Our next presenter is a writer and performer whose work has been produced by the WeHo Pride Festival and Highways Performance Space. He curated the LGBTQ reading series Homocentric for over 12 years, a 2018 Lambda Literary Fellow. He was most recently published in the anthology Under the Belly of the Beast. Give it up for Hank Henderson. Hank! Hey there. How am I supposed to follow Brian or all of these people? I mean, honestly. Um, I'm going to say the same thing everybody else has said, uh, Colby and, and Sam and Tony, it, it is quite a commitment to do something for four years. And, um, I think that's like 17 in gay years. So, um, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's fantastic. And to be able to create a queer space that is, um, either brick and mortar or online is really important, especially these days. And I think that if we stop and think for a moment, um, there's there's several different threads that, that have gone through this evening um, and the, the, the subjects that people have talked about and the things that they have said. And, and, um, and it makes me realize that, you know, um, we, we can stop and think, you know, what makes us queer? and um, what makes a queer space and you know what makes you queer and so well what makes me queer well everything makes me queer see i was made that way i came right off the rack a ready-to-wear homo some accessorizing may have been necessary just like a velvet tux lapel needs a simple carnation boot boutonniere but nothing was simple you see when it all started beginning with me, I didn't have the words to describe what was happening. And being a Midwestern boy growing up in a town so small, there wasn't even a population sign. When I did find those words, there wasn't anybody to turn to or confide in. So I made myself a straight boy suit. Now I didn't come off the rack, no. 
I made this thing piece by piece out of fear of being discovered, of being disowned and being discarded. I sewed that thing up so tight and made sure it was really, really sturdy. It became this protective armor that made, you know, helped me make my way through all four years of high school. It helped me become a popular guy, a popular guy with a big secret. So how do you make a straight boy suit? Well, number one, straighten your wrists. And number two, you keep your eyes down and your underwear up when you are in the locker room during gym class. Number three, do not carry your books like Alan does. He presses them up against his chest and skitters alongside the lockers. Now you rest those books on your hip like John Coates as he ambles out to the oak grove to smoke a cigarette. You set them on the belt loop of your corduroy bell bottoms, the ones that you found on sale at Montgomery Ward that are almost exactly like the ones Steve Parks wears. Number four, you roll up your shirt sleeves and unbutton that second button just like Jim Garber does. Oh my God, Jim Garber. And number five, you practice that I'm the quarterback walk that Mike Mason has until you've walked back and forth your basement 140 times just so that you can walk cool in the hallways of school. And you've been running from bullies all your life. You run really fast. So number six, of course, you try out for track. And number seven, Brian, number seven is puka shell necklaces. I mean, seriously, you, you trust me, puka shell necklaces. Number eight, Eight, you look around the cafeteria and you find one popular guy and you choose him to become best friends with, but never ever tell him that he's part of your cover. And number nine, you ask a girl to prom, even though you are completely, utterly, hopelessly in love with the straight boy cover that you found in the cafeteria. Now, I went to prom with Linda Sticklemeyer. We called her Stick. And she had a little sister. We called her Twig. This is true. Um, <clears throat> Stick played saxophone in the band and softball on the girls' softball team. And bunches of us always went bowling. It was a weird Midwestern thing. We went bowling. And every time that we went bowling, Stick got a better score than me. So flash forward a couple decades to when my mom sends me a copy of Stick's obituary in the mail and she died of cervical cancer before she was 50. And imagine me standing in my kitchen and I'm reading this obituary and I get to the part where it says she is survived by her life partner, Shannon. So this kind of doesn't have anything about me being queer, but it has everything to do with it because it just tore a hole in my heart to find out that I'd gone to prom with somebody who was hiding just like me. And I've never ever been able to let go of that question in my head that, you know, that question is like, how might my life have been different? How might our lives have been different had we just had the courage to talk to each other? But you see, that's what kids in the 1970s did in small towns and kids in 1980s suburbia did and kids in 1990s big cities and kids all over the world to this day do. We hide to survive. So I threw off that straitjacket 
the very first time that I walked through the front doors of the Club Peoria. See, I found my first version of my queer self at this disco inferno. Endless nights under the glitter strobe or the glitter ball strobe light reflections flecking my body like electric consecration. I worshiped Donna melting in the dark. I turned the beat around with Vicky Sue. Grace Jones told me I needed a man and I had a village people guy picked out. I was chic and danced, danced, danced until I had a love hangover with Diana Ross. See, music became a surround soundtrack threading through time, weaving down side streets, tanning at the beach, moving from apartment to apartment, in dark bedrooms and loud bars. Music queered my life. Think about it. Freddie Mercury begging, find me somebody to love. Streisand, because we were supposed to swoon. And Jimmy Somerville's falsetta soared through the air and pierced my heart. He became my small town boy. And Liza with a Z because Liza. REM became my heartbeat because I imagined that I could hear the, the hiding in Michael Stipe's vibrato. The Indigo Girls because lesbian solidarity. And the B-52s because fuck Streisand, let's dance. I made myself queer with a litany of life experiences from first crush to first fuck the first breakup, and especially that first time that I realized that it was okay to celebrate being different. I made myself queer with those double takes from the boys wearing sweatpants and no underwear cruising on Santa Monica Boulevard, and with the Saturday nights at the Hollywood Spa, staying just one more hour, just wander the, through the halls one more time wearing nothing but a towel sometimes, and with the sacramental salt of that was absorbed by my tongue by every boy I tasted. And with every girl who asked, are you sure you're gay? Yeah. I made myself queer from Ronald Reagan's silence over AIDS and from the marches and chants from ACT UP and Queer Nation. I made with all of the years of hopeless sounding screaming pain and the loss of friends and lovers and community and culture. I made myself queer with the sadness and the shame and the fear and finally the acceptance and ownership and survivorship of my own positivity. Yeah, see, I have this queer body. My my queer feet have been treated with radiation for Kaposi sarcoma, but I still stand strong. And I have knelt in front of the altar of many, many men, but my knees are not going to bend and break should I be asked to carry extra weight. Now, you know, I'm gonna talk about my dick. My cock became this divining rod that just pointed in every single direction, but down until it became a dagger that could slice danger into blood. And after that, there was this weird period of clipboard questions and status-defined dating, you know, with always asking, are you positive or are you negative, when all we really, really needed to be doing was holding on to someone in the middle of a plague. But we've come full circle, and my cock is once again something to behold and be held. And my ass, my ass has always been a weapon swaying back and forth in those angels flight nylon bell bottoms on the disco floor, <clears throat> pressing up against somebody I wanted to get to know better, 
a little double-cheeked way of saying, hey, come on over. That is until it became a cauldron of contagion and just closed up tight. And that's changed as well. We have better knowledge and more understanding, undetectability in that amazing little blue pill. And this is all good because dad still has a fine looking rear end. Now my lungs are queer. My lungs filled up with pneumocystis pneumonia and nearly collapsed. They almost stole my sores. It, it, it almost stopped my breath, but I managed to come back stronger than ever. And I vowed to use my voice to tell the stories for those who are no longer here so that they will be remembered. And my queer heart, my queer heart has been broken and mended a thousand, thousand times. It will forever hold space for Matthew Shepard. Kenny Wyshawn and Jaden Bell did not know each other, but they were both 14 when they hung themselves because they were being bullied for being gay. Tyler was 18 when he jumped from that bridge and Asher Brown was 13 when he shot himself in the head. My queer heart holds space for Gigi Pierce and Felicia Mitchell, Tanya Harvey, Celine Walker, just few of the trans women who were murdered for living their truths. My queer heart. And everyone here tonight in this slam has queer shoulders. We are standing on the shoulders of those who came before us, the gods and heroes, the idols and activists, Cocteau and Ginsburg, Quentin Crisp, Stein and Toklas, Milk, Baldwin, Audra Lord, Maplethorpe, Rita Mae Brown, Keith Haring, Derek Jarman. We are standing on the shoulders of all the folks, the friends and family and strangers who were lost to the plague. And that includes the people that you're thinking of right now that hold space in your heart. It also includes the untold number of people who were discarded and forgotten. Now my shoulders are here for the next. And sometimes I look around and I see people like Bowen Yang and Connor Jessup or the entire cast of Heartstoppers and, you know, all these tweeners that are on TikTok and YouTube. And I think they don't need my help. Well, maybe not. But the kids who are watching them might. You know, the tweener who is at the library checking out Instagram profiles because they're not being stared at by their father or you know, the 14 year old girl who is too shy to go up to a pride poet and ask for a poem about the girl that she likes at school. Or maybe that kid who is listening to Queer Slam late at night under the covers after the lights have gone out in the house. My shoulders are here for them. My shoulders are here so that these kids can learn to live and have the opportunity to be open and authentic and celebrate what makes them queer. See, my shoulders are here with the hope that one day, no kid will ever, ever, ever have to make a straight boy suit again. And that's what makes me queer. Thank you. Kate Henderson, everybody, literally summing it all up. Um, wow. Thank you. That was, that was brilliant. I just went bowling in Burbank, like literally a couple of days ago. <laughs> oh, I love a good bowling moment. Uh, where in the Midwest are you from, sir? I grew up outside of Peoria, 
<gasps> Central yeah. Illinois. Me it's too. Very central. I'm you know, from uh, I'm from a town called Clinton, Illinois. I know where Clinton is. So um, yes, so we we shared space before, whether we have or not. So thank you so much. I love the Midwestern perspective. I think that we're better. You know what I mean? I just think that I think we're better because here's the thing: we were we were raised correctly, so we're polite, but we are shady as fuck, and I love that about us. <laughs> Hank, where can people like find more of your work? Please tell us where we oh, can see more of gosh, your work. Gosh, I don't even have a place really. You can follow me on Instagram at Hank in the and LA and um check on there. I've got some stuff posted. I really don't have a website that I can name off. That, well, uh, I hear that Instagram thing is here to stay. So uh I think that that would suffice. So go ahead. Well, thank you so much, Hank. <laughs> And thank you so much to Brian, Sonia Wallace for uh, being our wonderful headliners for the final Queer Slam. Um, and uh, thank you to all the open micers. Now, uh, I want to give uh, some time for Colby to say a few things. But before um, I do, A, that was Queer Slam. I hope you all enjoyed it. Thank you so much for attending. Um, so... I, I just want so I just want you all to know that like I'm still here. You know what I mean? Like I'm still present. And until we can find the time and the way to meet again in this kind of capacity, I want you to know that I'm still here. And I'm not one of those people who are like, things are going to get better because I do not believe that. Listen, we are, we are trying, the Christians are trying to snuff us out because of their nonsense. They're trying to push forward the end of days and that's never going to come. So we're doomed. The world's not getting any better. But what I need from you is to be visible and be present and be loud and be there. So that way, when we get to meet again in this kind of a situation, we have stories again that we can share and talk about the moves that we've helped make our community move forward. I'm not going anywhere. I still do the Tony Soto show. I still do the Gay Power Half Hour. Those are two weekly podcasts where you can hear my nonsense all the time. Colby and Sam aren't going anywhere. They're, they're going to continue to make queer content for you to view. They're going to make movies that hopefully they will put me in one of these days. I know I will be difficult and I know that's what's holding them back, but maybe they'll grow up. Um, so they're not going anywhere either. Their stories aren't going anywhere. We will find another way to meet because community is strong. And I believe that. I'm Tony Soto and I probably always will be. So you can find me at the Tony Soto show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Um, but right now I would like to give the floor to uh, my fearless leader, um, Colby Holt. Hi everybody. I just wanted to quickly hop on and say, just thank you for uh, being here with us tonight and for um, sharing your stories with us and to everyone who's come across our stage. I um, am always left feeling wonderful after every single Queer Slam. I'm always like, wow, this is exactly why we do it. And um, 
it's it's filled my heart with pride to do this show for the past four years. And um, I just hope that you uh, take everything that you've experienced here out with you into the world and think of us whenever you need to. And um, we'll be thinking of you. So um, love you all very much. Thank you for your time. We'll see you around. Queer Slam is produced by Colby Holt, with sound editing by Sam Probst and music by Joe Probst. As always, we'd like to extend a big thank you to Reverie for bringing you this podcast. We'll see you around.